Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone. I hope you're wearing green, and I hope that the March Madness tournament is making you some green so far. It's early in the tournament, but we'll talk all about it. Talk about the upsets so far and the upsets yet to come. We got a great show for you today. We're going to be met with the legendary Raiders attorney, Ivan Gold. And he is uh, actually calling me on the other line right now. So if you give me one quick moment here, this will be like a live radio talk. Ivan, I'm on the air, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me retext. Let me retext it to you. No, no, I may have texted you the wrong number. Then let me just retext it to you right now because I'm on the air. All right. That, my friends, is live radio right there. He, uh, Ivan was not able to get in through the. Uh, guest line which means that i probably typed it wrong for him so my apologies to ivan gold uh <laughs> that's live radio for you folks so apologize about the interruption there we will be joined by ivan gold legendary raiders attorney for many many years dates back to the days of the original Oakland Raiders on through the Los Angeles Raiders back to the Oakland Raiders and so on and so forth. So a lot of Raider talk to come here and we will be talking about some of the current cases he's working on. So uh, Jairi, my friend, can I, can I talk to you for a quick second, buddy? If you're still with us, Jairi. Yeah. The call in number is not working for some reason. Can you call him? Okay, we'll do. Once again, folks, that is live radio for you. So that just tells you this isn't scripted. It's not prompted. This is uh, just the the way that it is. And uh, we're efforting to get Ivan Gold with us here shortly. A little bit of technical difficulties. Okay, I think we probably have the issue resolved momentarily. Let's see if this works. Again, folks, apologize about the technical difficulties. Working on uh, efforting to get them resolved right now. If you give us a moment here. Haven't really had this happen before, so this isn't necessarily a, a rookie mistake. It's, um, it's a high-tech glitch, let's just say. A momentarily momentary high-tech glitch. So we will... Uh, We will work on getting this done here shortly. Okay, so let's let's start with March Madness for a moment here while we while we work on this. My philosophy on March Madness, with respect to the brackets highly depends on what kind of bracket you're in. Are you in a a tournament which favors higher seeds over lower seeds? Or are you in a bracket that is just straight up point per win? To me, that makes a huge difference on how you approach your March Madness brackets. We'll talk about that in a moment because we do now have legendary 
sports attorney, legendary former Raiders attorney, maybe current Raiders attorney. We'll find out from him. Ivan W. Gold. Ivan, what's going on, my man? Uh, Mike, hey, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Fantastic. Good to Yeah, good to talk I, I apologize to you. about the technical difficulties. Haven't really had that happen before, but hey, that's live radio for you, right? Uh, you know, that's right. That's the beauty of live radio. Absolutely. <laughs> Unscripted, Absolutely. unedited, coming right at you. Yeah. That's right. Well, you know, hey, it's an honor to be on your show. And I know you were on my show before, so, you yes. know, it's all good. It's it's fantastic. It's that's fantastic. That's back in the K&BR days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I had a show called The Law of Sports. And, um, you know, it was that was great. You know, we had a lot of interesting guests on, uh, boxing referees and steroid defendants and, you know, all sorts of stuff, gambling people. You know, the funny thing is back then, you know, gambling was so taboo. And, you know, it's funny just talking about, thinking about it. It's, it that's one thing that's unbelievable to me about professional and college sports now. I know you were talking about the NCAA tournament, is how they've embraced gambling, all the sports. Sports, all the, from golf to basketball, football, they've embraced gambling to a degree that you would have thought 20 years ago is impossible. Players were suspended for life for gambling. I know there was a player, a wide receiver, I can't think of his name, who was suspended last week for a year for betting on games. And Pete Rose allegedly bet on games. I know as a player, you're clearly not yeah, it's to Calvin bet on games. Calvin Ridley. But the, the fact that these leagues are in the gambling business now, they and at, at some point you're going to be able to walk, go to a game, and bet at the game like, a, like horse racing. It's just unbelievable how they, they've got the cut of tickets now with Ticketmaster. You know, every, every ticket you sell online, the teams get a cut of it. And all the gambling now, they're getting a cut of that too. And now, you know, when you watch t- with the sports on TV, they're giving the lines, they're giving the over-unders. It's, uh, you know, teams are in Las Vegas now. The Raiders are in Las Vegas. Hockey and NBA teams looking to go to Vegas. It's one thing that it's, it's unbelievable how much um, professional and college sports have embraced and gotten into the gambling business. And we're talking about young kids who are, you know, gambling now, almost be incur- who are so exposed to gambling. And, uh, and gambling can be a very serious disease, and it's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable how, how they, in my opinion, they've kind of sold out to that, that element. Well, I was just going to ask you what your feelings were on that, but it sounds like you, you've, you've kind of stated them right there. Um, I mean, are you well, shocked? I shake my head. I, I shake well, are you my, shocked that your former head. employer, the, the, the Raiders, are in the gambling mecca of the universe? You know, and the funny thing is, if you would have said a team would be in Las Vegas, and I know the Oakland A's were thinking about going to Las Vegas, well, they still might at some point. You never know, um, actually. You know, years ago, especially pro football, Paul Horning, the famous running back, Notre Dame Heisman Trophy winner, played for the Packers, a Hall of Fame running back. He was suspended for gambling. And Alex Karras, a defensive back, who's a, Monday, a, defensive, a defensive lineman who's, a, uh, who's on Monday Night Football as an analyst, he was suspended for gambling. It was so tab. We just to think that a team would ever move to Las Vegas. And, you know, Jimmy Jones wanted the Raiders. You know, when Al Davis passed away, he was kind of the conduit to get the Raiders to move to Las Vegas. The league wanted a team in Las Vegas, and they got a team in Las Vegas. And the NBA will follow suit. It's just it's unbelievable when you think about the potential um, distractions and, 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 the, and the gambling and everything else that, that's, you know, all these things that are influences on the players and coaches and everybody else, and they just embrace them. And, you know, what happened to Ruggs was terrible with that high-speed accident. You know, but there's just, there's so many influences, so much partying, so much, you know, in my day, when I worked for the team, uh, you know, we had a sergeant at arms. In other words, we had an employee who's basically the sole job for the most part. No, he was a coach as well, but mainly a sole job was just to watch, watch out for the players, keep an eye on them, see who's who, who's going where. You know, you can't even possibly do that anymore. That's why it's just, it's just so out of control now. It's just so out of control with gambling, what these players are doing off the field, the free agency. Um, the players have so much more power. 
than when I was in the business, when I was an employee for the team, a full-time employee of the team. It, it's, it's so drastically changed. The money's drastically changed, too. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's amazing how the league has expanded, how, just that the business – then it was a sport. Now it's – it's just so money-driven now. It's just so money-driven now. And remember, the retired players, the players who were injured, remember a lot of these guys finish up, and they have broken – I mean, they could barely walk when they get to be 50, 60 years old, and they get just slight pensions, and the league fights them on all their pensions. And so you get these guys who play 10, 12 years. See, you, you rarely see the NFL advertise former players in their condition now. They don't want you to see that. They don't want you to see what former players look like. It, it's a very drastic – shock that the fans would, would really be um, amazed by the condition of some of these. I, I mean, I, when I saw Tom Flores, you know, he was the coach when I, you know, when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, you know, in a wheelchair. And it, it's just, it, it's, it's really something when you see a lot of these retired players and the condition and, and, and the fact that they're, they're fighting for their minuscule pensions and all the money's going to the current players. These kids drafted, they barely played it down in the NFL. These crazy salaries by the coach and general managers, it's oh, and the gambling. It's just you know, give give ten percent of that gambling to the retired players for God's sake. It's 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 really something. So I have mixed emotions about what's going on in the NFL now. I, I I really do, and a lot of my colleagues, people I work with, players I work with, you know, they do too. It's but you know, money is the root of all evils, and and money makes the world go around, and and the more of it. You know, there's going to be more opportunities and people still, you know, obviously, as you know, the ratings were down for a while. A few years ago, the NFL ratings were down. They've climbed back up again. And, and that's what they like to see. And the stadiums are filled. And I know the NFL is happy about Tom Brady playing another season. So um, it, it looks to be a real good uh Another good NFL season. There's plenty of talent. And not to just talk about the NFL. I mean, that's where I was, you know, I've represented probably 35 players outside of my time with the Raiders. And I was very blessed to work as an assistant for the director of football operations, Steve Ortmeyer, who passed away recently. And Steve was a special teams coach. And he also negotiated most of the salaries. And he was there on two Super Bowl championship teams. Um, and a lot of those coaches have passed away since then. It's, you know, the life expectancy of NFL players is like 15 years less than the average person. So it's, 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 it's really, you know, staying in touch with the former players and it, it, it's, it's very important to me and keeping in touch with these guys and, you know, especially working for the Raiders. You know, we have a, a brotherhood. We, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. And, um, it's still it's still a tight knit group, even though even though the team has moved to Las Vegas, and some of the former players have moved to Las Vegas also to make appearances and be close to the team, and et cetera, et cetera. I, I didn't mean to hijack your show, Mike. I didn't mean to go off. <laughs> you on know, that I was show. I was just gonna say you've you've <laughs> given so much content. I don't even know where to where to begin or 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 where where to end. But I'm just gonna kind of piggyback off of what you're talking about because you make so many valid points regarding you know yesteryear and the former players and you know today's athlete etc i kind of want to start there by asking you do you think that the tide turned for gambling once there was a realization which may be a fallacy but there was a realization that because the salaries have gone up so much for example the players of jim otto's era they needed a summer job you know a lot of these guys had off-season jobs let's just say uh to to be able to make a living almost all of them did yeah, I mean, I remember watching a Billy Crystal's movie, 61. And in that movie, there was a scene that always stood out to me. Yogi Berra was hurt. And mm-hmm. he told Mickey Mantle, hey, make sure you get us to the World Series because I need that bonus money for my surgery. And I thought to myself, my Darn goodness, right. that those days are long gone. Um, so fast forward to today. Well, let's just stay back in yesteryear. So... Presumably, if somebody offered somebody five grand or ten grand to drop a ball, seems kind of harmless. You know, uh, hey, you know, uh, miss a kick, 
seems kind of harmless, right? And I'll give you five or 10,000 bucks. That might be a half a year's salary for somebody, right? Today, if you offer somebody 5,000 bucks, it doesn't mean anything. Right. If you're getting yeah. paid the money that these guys are getting paid now, it would take so much to influence somebody. Only an idiot would even consider risking their livelihood and reputation for such a nominal amount of money in comparison to what they're making. Do you think that's when the tide turned, when that there was that realization? Although Calvin Ridley showed us that, hey, even a thousand dollar parlay could be intriguing. Yeah, you, you know, and don't forget college sports too, because a lot of the gambling and there's a history. New York University, there, there have been his, there's history of college players being bribed or being paid to throw games. Uh, an extensive history of college athletes, and they're vulnerable because they don't have the money. They're not making the money, and it is a problem. And it's always been a problem, even on a professional level. And the and it's the fact that the leagues just sort. It just there's so much money in it with DraftKings and these other um, companies and a lot of, you know, Michael Jordan sits on the board of DraftKings and other athletes do too. There's just so much money that just like the retired players, the unpleasant part, the the, the the possible negative the, the 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 credibility of the league and you could you know there's a book published by a former NBA referee McConaughey I always pronounce his last name wrong he went to prison for almost two years and he admitted he admitted it's, it's a book that everybody should look at um, former NBA referee and I think he pled guilty about seven years ago to um, <laughs> I'm not going to say fixing games but making calls based on points spreads because he was gambling he was gambling and 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 he was doing things and there were a lot of other referees who were implicated the nba did a great job of covering that up or or silencing that there were other referees who are part of that and we don't know to what extent um but you know gambling has always been a part of you know you may not you know joe namath got in trouble a long time ago they thought he was entertaining lobsters in new york back in the day there's all sorts of stories uh, you know, gamblers who've been involved in the AFL, the old AFL, the American Football League before it merged with the NFL. There have been a lot of stories, you know, the, 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 the scandal the, uh, in the 1920s in the World Series. Uh, you know, there, there have been, there, there's precedent for that. And so, you know, it, I think the fans, it, it, it's entertainment now. I mean, steroids to some degree. There was, you know, you can look at that how you want. But I think the fans want to be entertained. And as long as the, the seats are, are filled, you know, you might have a, a case here and there, but it's really hard to prove those cases, to prove somebody threw a game or dropped a ball or, or did something. Um, but Tim McConaughey, the, the NBA referee, did go to prison. And yeah, he, he, he was affecting over-unders and stuff too, Ivan. And, you know, I want to continue on this talk. We need to take a quick commercial timeout, but let's continue the discussion on the other side because this is a fascinating discussion at the intersection of gambling and sports. Stay with us, everyone. We're joined by legendary attorney, sports attorney, Raiders attorney, Ivan W. Gold. Look him up. It's There's an E at the end of of gold we will be back right after this really bad. all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com this is the mike abadir show if you want to call in today we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to mike at the mikeabadirshow.com now back to this week's program Back for the second segment, we're joined, honored to be joined by Ivan W. Gold. We were just talking about gambling in the world of sports and how it went from complete taboo to all of a sudden not just embraced, but partnerships and intertwined coverage on the telecasts show blatantly showing point spreads and in-game wagering and all of these different things that at one point in time would have gotten everybody suspended to even have the thought cross their mind 
teams would bring in consultants and and individuals and they would send compliance officers uh, in the NCAA pro and, and college alike to absolutely make sure that every single player knew that this is a unforgivable crime and I don't know if there's any crimes out there, Ivan. Maybe you could tell me where society is completely flip-flopped on it, and maybe maybe marijuana, I suppose, and gone from completely, you know, criminalizing it to embracing it in such a manner that we see today, Ivan. No, you're absolutely right. It's um. You know, and I heard Greg Norman. You know, Greg Norman now, he is a former British Open champion and, you know, a PGA Hall of, Tour Hall of Famer. And he's trying to start this new golf league now. He's trying to get Phil Mickelson in, and Phil Mickelson got in trouble. And he's really promoting gambling for the PGA Tour now, just so shamelessly. And, and, and the leagues are doing it, too. I totally agree with you. Though. These point spreads, it, it just I, I shake my head at it. That it, I'm not going to say they sold out, but that they, you know, why does gambling, Gambling. I mean, to promote gambling, for the leagues to promote gambling and promote different types of bets. I mean, you're going to be able to bet who's going to win by, who's going to be ahead by halftime, and on and on and on and on. And it's, um, it, it's, it, you know, it, it's, it's. When I was there, exactly like you said, Mike, we they would have consultants come and people come and warn everybody, stay away from this person, stay away from that person. And it was all about the credibility of the league because once you introduce gambling into it, the credibility of the games can possibly be in question. It, it just raises that possibility. Now, I know you raised the argument that these guys are making a couple million, three, four, five, ten, twenty, thirty, four. Yeah, they are, but some aren't. You know, some aren't. Some are making the minimum, and it's still a lot of money seven hundred, eight hundred, a million dollars a year. They may play for a year, they may play for a half a year. I'm just saying that why, why. Did professional sports have to so openly embrace gambling? And like you said, create partnerships with DraftKings and other online betting establishments. And what they're shooting for, they're trying to get, you know, betting sports gambling is still not legal in all of the states. Eventually it will be. And and these partnerships are pushing to get gambling, professional gambling on professional sports and college sports legalized in all the states. In all the states in the United States, and, and we know and it's going to happen, Ivan. We we, well, we know it will, so ha- far, it about will happen. It probably will happen, and then it's to the point where they want almost everyone to be gambling while watching the game outside. They just want a whole gambling culture. I'm just not sure. Nobody asked the, the commissioner about it. Nobody will broach the subject about it. And it's it's just it's um it's it's greed, and there's a lot of money there, and, and people are quiet because they want to, you know, the coaches. And, and other team personnel and other people are quiet because they want to stay a part of it. You know, they don't want to criticize anything. You know, if you criticize something, then you get blackballed and you get blacklisted. You know, as an attorney, I could say it because I'm an attorney. Attorneys can say anything. You know, on a legal, that's one thing I learned because I was a television commentator too. When you talk about a case or talk about a legal issue, an attorney, I can say any, I, it's hard for me to be, you, you really can't criticize me, per, criticize me attorney personally because we're giving our view on, on a legal issue. We're not giving a personal this, this is a view on a legal issue and sports gambling, like you said, was illegal and is illegal in many, many states and so for the leagues to promote and all the sports are doing it. All Baseball is a huge betting game. NFL is the most. To promote an illegal, something that was illegal is, um, is mind-boggling, but it just goes to show you that they want to slide to the action. Same with the tickets. It used to be people would scalp tickets. You know, that it was called tickets, and ticket scalping was a huge business. They had all these ticket brokers and all these ticket places. The, the league said, you know what? Why don't we get a cut? And they put them all out of business. They created a website, a platform, and they take, every time you sell a ticket on the NBA platform, they take a slice of it. And they're allowing you to sell tickets over the face value. So you could, and that's called ticket scalping. And so people are selling tickets over the face value on a professional 
professional league platform, Ticketmaster, NBA tickets, etc., and they are taking a cut. They are actually incentivizing scalping of tickets because the, 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 the more expensive the ticket sells for, the bigger cut they get off the ticket. So this is what's going on now, and... Um, it, 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 it's our society. There are no rules. There are no. There are no boundaries. And so when players get in trouble, they get cut. You know, they test you. They do all this stuff. When I was involved, remember there was no drug testing. They just started it my last year in '87. They just started. I was '83 to '87, and um, and then I was affiliated with the team all the way through maybe 2014. They just started. They didn't have any of these other programs. The team did it themselves. Well, they would have suspended half of our players. Half of our players wouldn't have even been able to play under these current rules. You know, we had to pick up players in the middle of the night. And, you know, we had personnel to do that, to watch these guys. And you know what? They played a long time. These guys played. There was no free agency back then, right? And, and, and so these guys played 10, 12, 15 years. Sometimes they were Hall of Fame players, all pro players, certainly. They had long, great careers. But by today's standards, they would have gotten suspended and, and did four games here, eight games here, you know, the whole thing. So now they're cutting back all of that, but they're allowing all this gambling to go on. So all, all of it, and these outrageous salaries, and it, it, it's just, it, you know, I don't know where professional sports is going, what where, where, where exactly, you know, they want. The salaries are going up and up and up and up. I'm glad they settled the lockout. You know, the NBA is talking about going less than than an 82-game schedule. It's, it's, it, it's just a, a huge, I'm, you know, I hate to be speechless on your show, but it's, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't recognize the league. Now, I watch the games, too. I watch all the games. I'm still a sports junkie. I watch all of them. And um, I still love all the games. And I play golf and I play basketball. I do all that stuff. But to see the drastic change, the drastic change is um, maybe it's just progress. I hope I don't sound like an old coop, but the, the gambling thing, I'm telling you, you know, they have something called AA, not AA, that's alcohol, so it's GA, Gamblers Anonymous. And I'll tell you, there's, there's some real, real bad stories. I mean, people gamble away every nickel they have. Uh, they get hooked on it. You know, you try to win money back you know it's like a video game and they get kids you know a lot of young kids are following the following professional and college sports and to promote, promote the gambling like that is uh is yeah is, actually is they, they more than just promote it they're, they're feeding they're feeding you stats stat upon stat upon stat and what they're what they're betting on if you will is that the average person is going to be able to look at the stats and say, you know what, I could beat the system because that's kind of human nature. It's how we're driven. We're competitive beasts. And so the more stats they pump at you, you know, then you look at it and you're like, yeah, these two teams are going to score more than 49 points. Yeah, that's an easy bet, easy over. And, you know, a lot of it, has nothing to do even with the previous week's games, right? Each game is game planned very, very differently. That's true. And so, uh, you, you know, you lose that one and you're like, okay, I'm not going to lose two in a row. Let me double, double the wager. And it just becomes a slippery slope. Very, very difficult to be able to beat the system in the long run. It's exactly why they were able to build all those big towers and hotels in Las Vegas. It wasn't because the public wins. That's for damn That's sure. Right. So I, I agree with no, you, and on, you know, on the dangers of it. That's for sure. But let's look at it really quickly from the league's perspective. Of course, we're talking about money. We're talking about greed, things that you've pointed out. But the the reason, the rationale I'm thinking, and you correct me if you think I'm wrong or if you have another take on it, is this. We saw another type of transition from the 70s, 80s, and 90s into current the current format of the NFL. And what that transition was, was a transition from a few dominant teams, you know, 49ers, Redskins, Giants, uh, Raiders at one point in time, Steelers in the 70s, Dolphins in the 70s, right? But you had that, that period where the Niners won five Super Bowls or whatever it was, and we transitioned 
transitioned into a salary cap era. We, you know, the league felt that it wasn't healthy for the game to have the same teams up at the top all the time and the NFC destroying the AFC every year and all of those things that happened that we saw. And so what happened was parity. But with parity came one big massive problem, which is you have some teams that are just never good. How could we get viewers to watch those games? And I think fantasy football accidentally solved it for them. And then they realized, well, wait a second. If players on those teams mean something to somebody, why don't we make the teams mean something to somebody? Make us aligned with the whole gambling world boom solves our problem i'm thinking that's what the rationale is ivan no and and, and fantasy football and fantasy baseball the whole of draft yeah that's that's true that's been a big boon for the league and, and that's helped the media too it has and it has helped interest but you know you get young people and they start thinking in terms of gambling and it's going to get worse and worse it's just kind of corrupted the minds i mean now being focused on when you're watching a game um and there was a movie i can't think of the name of it it was about a, one of those professional gambling places those call-in you know they have those call-in services that you can get tips and everything you pay a lot of money for those and it was how they work and the whole thing um that when you start watching a game and you're not watching the game as a fan, but you're watching the game to root for a bet, I'm telling you, it, it changes everything. And so if they want to be a conduit for, for gambling, and I know fantasy football does that. I, I know you still want to win. There's a winner and there's a loser. But when you start rooting for point spreads, you know, but rather than the team winning, and I don't know, maybe it's naive on my part, and I, and I, I agree with you about fantasy football and interest and all of that. And, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog business, you know, the entertainment dollar. And you've got to get people hooked. you got to get people in to watch. And the NFL had problems with that a couple years ago. So, yeah, I mean, it does get people in. It's just a shame that that young people, especially young people, are going to grow up in a culture of overs and unders and point spreads and betting and gambling. And there is going to be some spillover. And, um, you know, gambling is something that is is old. You know, poker goes back, you know, 300, 400 years. It's just a shame that our professional sports leagues have turned from, you know, I want to be a pro. I want to be Mickey Mantle. You know, I want to be Derek Jeter. You know, I want to be a great player. I want to watch these games because I want to see, you know, the great hitters. I, I want to see Matt Olson, you know, big left-handed. I want to watch the way he hits. I want to watch the way he feels. Now kids are growing up, man, uh, you know, I hope, you know, the A's got to, I hope they don't score more than three runs by the seventh inning or I'll lose my bet. <laughs> and, and, and and that's kind of where they're going now. And they, they really don't care. They, 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 they're such a bottom line dollar business. And, you know, you're seeing what's going on now. You know, now with the NBA, they don't want players, they're not playing back-to-back games or sitting out. You know, the, the whole, the, it's all about the playoffs now. It's, they're getting away with as much as they can get away with. That's what they're raising prices like crazy. You have a losing team, they're still raising prices. they raising prices on food, they raise prices. Even locally, there were your Oakland A's. You know, they just dumped everybody that was worth a damn on the team, and they've raised prices. Prices for tickets this year substantially, even with the uncertainty of, you know, is is the team committed to the community for the long haul? That's a big ask That's of right. local fans. That's right. And you look at the A's trading Matt Olson, and I'm telling you, Atlanta, you know, I heard some commentators say, well, you know, Olson's okay. Matt Olson is one of the top five players in me, top ten for sure in Major League Baseball. This guy's a tremendous talent, young kid, hit from the left side, can hit with power, uh, a, a gold glove fielding first baseman. And yet the A's, and, and this kid is in the prime of his career. He has two years left on his contract. The A's had control of him for two more seasons and yet they were forced to they had to why and they did they got five no they got four players four double a players they got great prospects from the Braves don't get me wrong they did what they had to do they took a player and they turned it into you know a real good haul the problem is 
you ha- you have to do that. I mean, you have to get rid of players in their prime just to maintain your farm system. So you, you draft good players, you get good pitchers, and then you have a little window. And if it doesn't work out, then you have to trade these guys and restock and, and let them develop and go through it again. You can never hold on to your players. And what you talk about parity, when I was in the NFL, when I was working in the NFL, I get an NFL pension. Believe it or not, Mike, I have an NFL pension for my years in the league. There was no free agency and there was no salary cap, as you pointed out, it came later. And so the 49ers could spend as much as they want. The 49ers had Joe Montana and Steve Young and Bono, who was a pretty good third-string quarterback. Can you imagine having two players paid at the level of Joe Montana and Steve Young and Jerry Rice and Brent Jones and Wilson and Ronnie Lott? We're talking about eight, ten All-Pros. And I was at the Raiders. We had Marcus Allen. We had Howie Long. We had Lyle Alzado. We had Rod Martin. We had Bill Piquel. We had Mike Haynes. We had Lester Hayes. We had Van McElroy. We had Todd Christensen. May he rest in peace. We had. There is no way you could keep that team together for years and years and years and years like the Raiders did. And, hey, and hey, so Ivan, that, let me let me if if I may interrupt you for a quick second. You just mentioned so many legendary names. And this is breaking news. As of one minute ago, the Raiders just are going to just now add another legendary name to this list. It's unbelievable. It's almost like you were rattling off names to set this up. I can't believe it. Blockbuster trade. The Las Vegas Raiders have traded two 2022 draft picks to the Green Bay Packers for all-world, all-pro, probably the best wide receiver in football, Devontae Adams from the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, you know, that, there was rumor about him coming to the Raiders, of Devontae Adams coming to the Raiders. You know, and, and Rodgers and Rogers has committed to staying in Green Bay. And I thought one of the conditions of Rodgers staying yeah. there was, I thought that was, was Devontae Adams. I, thought, I totally thought that was a condition for him staying. Hey, Ivan, we need to take another commercial timeout. Do you, do you have time to stay with yeah. us for one more second? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Outstanding. Absolutely. Ivan Gold, sports attorney, legendary Raiders figure from a long time ago all the way till now. We're blessed and honored to have him join us. Stay with us. We'll keep talking right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel find out what's happening on the voice america talk radio network by keeping up with us on twitter you can find us at voice america trn streaming live the leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. We are just hit with the breaking news from Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter reporting Devontae Adams has been traded to the Raiders. It seems like things have been moving behind the scenes very quickly. Ivan says here that the Raiders have already given Devontae Adams a five-year contract. 
So he's locked and loaded. Long term deal. Oh, absolutely. And he's yeah. now going to be reunited, by the way, with his college teammate, Derek Carr. So old buddies yeah, reunited yeah. together. That's pretty exciting. Adam Schefter is also reaffirming the fact that he says, for those wondering, yes, Aaron Rodgers has already signed his contract. So that is just like a mega, mega well, deal with so many twists and turns in this, uh, in this offseason here. You know, when I worked for Steve Ortmeier, director of football operations, he he ran. You know, they always said Al Davis did everything. It's not true. You know, Al Davis did uh, delegate, and Steve, when I worked, I worked for him directly, made a lot of the trades. We're, we're, I was in on a lot of the negotiations, et cetera, et cetera. And um, and I learned from that. And I guarantee you, Aaron Rodgers signed off on that deal. And I guarantee you, the Raiders wouldn't have done unless Adams was going to sign for five years. And you know, it, it's always a gamble. You saw what happened with Antonio Brown last year. The Raiders swung and missed on him. Uh, you know, and you want a deep threat. You need a deep threat, especially with the Raiders last year losing Rugs. And Carr needs that. You know, they got the tight end Waller, one of the best. And so he needs that. You know, the Raiders need that. And Carr's got the big arm, and you need to clear that out. That kind of gets the safeties and the, and the corners to back up a little bit. It gives Carr room. You know, you need that speed. That speed swings those corners back, and then you've got the, the, the stuff over the middle, and Carr's a pretty accurate thrower. And Denver's improving. The Chargers are improving. It's going to be maybe the best division in the league next year. So the Raiders had to do something. I mean, losing Rugs. Was huge. This guy, this guy was going to be first team All Pro, first high first round pick, and he was tearing up the league before that happened. Before he got in that situation where you know he's where he killed someone in a car. It's a very very bad situation. He'll probably never play again. Probably go to prison for that in Nevada. And so the Raiders were stuck. And so to get a talent like Devontae Adams, you gotta you gotta take a shot at it. To give a first and second, that's a that's a steep cost, you know. And and you really didn't see any real top receivers, you know, real real top receivers. The Raiders probably thought they couldn't get somebody like Ruggs, and they didn't have a nearly as high a pick this year as they. I think Ruggs was the eighth pick, and so the Raiders aren't drafting that high. So to get a guy like Adams, like you say, a re- night with Carr, um, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers signed off on it. And, and the Packers do need to sort of reload. So it's, a, it's the NFL. You know, it's a, you go back and forth. You but but guys, at his age, why would he sign off on it, though, right? At his age, why would he sign off on it? He, he needs to win now. And here, here's the thing, Ivan. You, what we saw in the last two years is this. We saw a major, major devaluation in draft picks. That's what we saw. We saw teams that are, if they're ready now and they feel that they're one or two chess moves away from being a legit competitor, that rather than gamble on an uncertainty with a draft pick, let's get the certainty and give up our assets. And so we're seeing now these really good teams take that approach, right? I thought Denver was in the middle of a rebuild. And then boom. They unload their picks, they unload a big haul, and they get Russell Wilson. Their thinking is we got yeah. a really good defense right now. Uh, Chargers, same thing, to get Khalil Mack. Uh, they're thinking yeah, we've, got, we've got a good offense already. Now let's shore up the defense with him and Bosa. You know, it's it's just really interesting to me that, that th- we went from a league that valued – first round draft picks to now there's been a major devaluation in them for a guaranteed certainty not a guaranteed but you know what i mean to we know what we're getting well, when know, we get devonta adams we don't know what we're getting with a first round wide receiver could be a bust could not be a bust especially with a quarterback position well, where you know well, i think the most recent stat is that seven only 17 percent of first round quarterbacks make it to their third year as a starter yeah, that's no, a pretty that low percent. No, that means eighty-three percent of them are not starting in their third year. So what does that tell you? It tells you that even if Matthew Stafford's never won a Super Bowl before, if we bring him in, our chances are better to win now than to try to rebuild with an uncertainty. 
Well, that's true. But, you know, every team kind of has a different approach. And I think the Raiders, you know, they want to have, you know, the Super Bowl is going to be in uh, Las Vegas next year at Allegiant Stadium, if I'm not mistaken. You know what's unusual? You correct me if I'm wrong. The last two Super Bowl teams have had the Super Bowl in their home, Tampa Bay and the Rams have had the Super Bowl in their home in their home stadium. The last two Super Bowl winners have played their Super Bowl at home. Wouldn't it be crazy if it happened for the third year in a row? Which um, is kind of funny because it had never is, happened in history up until then. I, the closest I thing close. was the uh, the closest thing was the 49ers playing in Palo Alto Stadium. I don't know how the hell Palo Alto won the Super Bowl that year, but <laughs> that was the closest thing to a home field advantage. Against Miami. That was against, against Miami. That, that was uh, Marino's only Super Bowl appearance, too, in his second year, and they thought he was going to. You know, the Raiders almost had Dan Marino. You know, that's a whole other. The Raiders almost had Dan Marino and John Elway. Those are other stories. Can you imagine if fate had changed that? Um, but, you know, all, all, all these teams, you know, they have a different approach. If, if the Raiders, you know, they have the most expensive tickets in the league, and they're a team that's basically underachieved, basically. And so, and, and Carr's getting, you know, he's going to be 31 next year you know you, you got to take a shot you, you, you get a guy like you, you, you got to you, you got to do something they and, and so they're trying and you know it can you don't exactly know you, you take a risk where other teams you're right other teams value draft picks it just depends on the payroll do teams want to spend or not you know if you don't want to spend and you want to build your team up I mean look at Cincinnati you know they kind of built it to the draft and they add in a few free agents and I'll tell you drafting that quarterback since they drafted that quarterback I mean that it, it, that's Burrow it's absolutely tremendous and Jamar Chase too it, it just you know a lot of it's luck you know a lot of it is luck and so hey the Raiders are trying with with, with Devontae Adams you know you have to um you know, that's all you can do. You give it a try. It is a steep cost, five years, too. You know, so we I haven't seen the contract, how much he's getting and what the incentives are, et cetera, et cetera. But I agree with you. You know, they are being devaluated, but that's still a first and a second. You know, it, it's, you know, that offensive line, too, is the most important. And Yeah, but here's and the thing. How many picks have the Raiders hit on lately? I mean, that's got to be another oh, I, I know. thing, too, is, you know, how many how many home runs have they been – has their scouting department connected on, you know, and uh, it doesn't seem like, you know, they've produced well, that, necessarily a lot of pro bowlers over the last few years. You know, it's like and, – and, and you're you're right that Ruggs was supposed to be their all-world guy, uh, but that got snagged out. He was an all-world them. guy. He, he – Mike, he was an all-world guy. I mean, remember, don't forget the Raiders have a new coaching staff this year, a new head coach, sure. new general manager. So, that, you know, these guys want to come in. You know, they want to come in and do something. They want to get – Absolutely. They need that deep breath. Well, let's not forget Every something, team. though, Ivan. The Raiders just a couple of years ago landed Antonio Brown. So now let's chronicle That's the right. wide receiver history for the Raiders here in the most, you know, last few years, right? Antonio Brown, it didn't work you out. Go back the last Rugs. 20. You can, well, yeah, sure. But yeah. even just even in the last like four or five years, Antonio Brown doesn't work out. Rugs doesn't work out. Now it's Devonta Adams. Let's see if that works out. I give them an A for effort. I give them an A for, you know, um, making the moves. Now, I though, I have to question, are they looking deeply enough into these guys as characters? Right. And I hope and I, I think that Devonte Adams seems like a good guy. But the last two obviously had some character flaws and those were not uncovered by the Raiders for some reason. Well, that's true. You know, well, that's true. And I, I would point I, I would point you to Julio Jones. too. I mean, Julio Jones is one of the most underrated talents to ever play in the NFL. This guy is absolutely tremendous. But when receivers get to be around 30, I know there are exceptions. I know you got the Jerry Rices out there. And you've got some other guys. But when you just lose a quarter step or a half step, say a, even a quarter step, and you go from running a 4-4 four, four to a 4-5, you know, when you get 30, 31, 32, I mean, not many of them, not many of them have their best years past 30. Look at Julio Jones. Not many of them. Some do. And I don't know exactly how old Devontae Adams is. but He's, he's 29. Oh, he's 29. Okay, 29. so 
you know, he he's up at the end. I'm not going to say, but he's a toward 30, 31 right there. And so, you know, that's the gamble right there. If he's 24, well, let's move over to baseball. How old is Matt Olson, right? That kid, am I wrong? Is he 25, 26? You know, you're getting a kid. When you can get somebody in their absolute prime, that's one thing. The problem is you're paying a steep price for someone who's on the latter half, and you get and what happens? You get hurt a little bit more. It was Steph Perry got hurt last night. When you get older, and you can do the stats, when that ball player gets older, they tend to get injured more. They miss more games. It's just the way it goes. So that's really the gamble. I mean, you you can you can do the the work, and you can see how many receivers, how many All Pro receivers are over thirty. You know, some, some, how many all pro NFL players are over 30 for that matter? You know, I think you make a valid point. I think the athletes overall in all pro sports have a uh, a prime window. And that prime window, for the most part, is from your early 20s, whenever you get into the league, until about 29. Those are the prime years. Now, there's certain positions across sports where, you know, maybe a little bit more experience, um, maybe a little bit less wear and tear can carry you into your early 30s, etc. Um, also, modern-day medicine, etc. Um, you know, che- both cheating and non-cheating can help you get going. That's always what's fascinated me, though, about like Tom Brady and some of these guys that have been playing into their 40s. And I'm not trying to create any controversy or anything, but I've kind of wondered, you know, how are these guys that are, you know, Drew Brees and and Roethlisberger and all these guys that are pl- Aaron Rodgers that are 38, 39 or into their 40s able to do it when nobody was before is it the modern day medicine is it uh, something that's kind of a gray area where they're pushing the envelope a little bit i don't know but i've been we only have about two minutes left and i wanted you to give the listeners maybe a quick snapshot as to what you're working on right now and how they can get a hold of you if they've got any legal needs that you can resolve for them Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, I've been practicing law now over 30 years. And in addition to representing the ball players in a whole variety of contexts, I represent just people, regular, regular, everyday people, criminal, personal injury, civil litigation, business litigation. I have a whole team of lawyers I network with. I do a lot of the cases myself. 510-530-3294. I used to have an 800 number. I don't have it anymore. 510-530-3294. IvanWGold.com. You could Google me. Um, I have have over 300 television segments on my YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel with IvanWGoldYouTube.com, and you can see me and, and hear me and look at me and and laugh at me and make fun of me and the whole deal. But <laughs> hey, if you just have a legal, if you, if you have a legal question or want any advice or anything else, I'm I'm there. Call me 510-530-3294. Give me a and call. And I can tell you guys time. first. Yeah, I can tell you guys firsthand my family's utilized him we love ivan he's uh, been there for us through thick and thin it's come through in a big big way for anything that we've ever needed highly recommended ivan thank you so much man this hour flew by i really wish we had two it's or three hours because it's uh, it's so fun talking to you and you've got well, so have much me on information again sometime. Have me on, yes we'll have absolutely do so i'd love to do so well folks thank you so thank much you. for listening we hope you enjoyed this program we'll see you same time same place next week enjoy your sports weekend and your march madness brackets everyone thanks for joining us this week for the mike abadir show please tune in again next thursday at 7 p.m eastern time and 4 p.m pacific time for another show with mike and his co-host gino bacola on the voice america variety channel have a great week